coming up right now on What's Up With Ward, the podcast, we interview the great Markel Quake Canada. This young man has a very exciting story to tell, and he came to tell it to us. Do you know he actually opened up for Kevin Hart on the comedy scene before? He actually Uber pro athletes from point A to point B, and even worked at Google mapping out the country so we all can learn to get places faster. One of his greatest accomplishments is he lost almost 300 pounds. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode of What's Up Ward, starting right now. Back again for the first time, like we never left, you are now listening to another episode of What's Up With Ward. For those of you who don't know, this is a podcast that talks about love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everybody has a story. We just want to know what's yours. We want to send a shout out to regular listeners and supporters like Trina Johnson. Salute. Salute. Hey, Trey, this week's guest is a man who's taking a road travel by a very few. He's a husband of 25 years, a father. He's building his social media presence and loves family food and fun. That's right, Wardy. So guess what? Over the past 48 years, this man has done a plethora. That's the word of the day. Plethora of things, plethora, man. Plethora. He's, that's right. He's worked in entertainment. He's a He's been a radio event personality. Mm. Man, he's been a stand-up comic appearing on, wait for it, BET Comic View. Yo, what? Come you on, know man. it. You Dang. know it. He did he's, it like that? Yes, man. This 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 dude, he's owned businesses like car washes and daycare facilities. He's been a property owner. Man, he's owned over six houses. That's right. Mm. But that ain't all, man. That ain't all. Man, this brother, he's worked in transportation. Look, listen, he's low planned aircraft. He's de-iced aircraft. He's loaded everything from 727s to C-100s, DC-8s, DC-10s, and wait for it, 747s, man. That's right. You heard. He's also, hey, check this out. He's Google mapped over half the country. He snow plowed in Denver. Man, hold up. This brother here, he has Worked the oil rigs in Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, Utah. He's been an Uber premium driver for uh, celebrities and athletes. He's oh, received y- yes, man. He has received national awards for service, and wow. he's currently wait for it. He's currently driving big rigs in the Western Twelve U.S. states, man. Oh man, wow, gee, this dude's a lot. I know he white. Oh, he got well, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll let the guests out there figure out oh, okay. what, 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 what kind of honey roasted almond our brother is today. Well, you said, you said Utah. <laughs> I know white, but it's okay. You know. Well, well I, I didn't say he went to Brigham Young, man. Let, let, okay. let me finish up. Okay. But check this out. But with okay. everything that he's done mm-hmm. over the past forty-eight years, we're gonna learn more about his personal journey, man. Mm. The things he's gone through for wait for this now. He's even had weight loss by gastric bypass surgery. Mm, okay, I definitely want to know about that. Well, you know what? With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the infamous and famous, world recognized from the Lou East St. Lou. That is that is Mark Hill. Kuwait, Canada. Hey, what's going on? I'm almost white, Ward. <laughs> okay. I work with so many white folks. I, sometimes I forget I'm black until they be like, right. until something go missing, and all right. of a sudden they they accuse me. Yeah, oh, that's what I am, black. Oh, hey, oh, you yeah. think I stole it? 
Hey, hey. Walk, walk by a mirror and check your own bag. Like, what the Some right, of my best right. friends are quite, you know what I'm right. saying? Man, right. okay. <laughs> never lied. I don't work with a, in a lot of white industries with a lot of white folks. I tell you it's, that. It's all I never good. thought about it like that until you <laughs> really got to be white. Like, am I? I, I did have to just pull my mirror out and look right. like, well, I, I've done a lot of white stuff. Yeah, right, right, yeah. You never know, man. You got to make sure. So, you know, we keep it real here. So I'm glad you, we solved that mystery up front. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's hey, right. Hey, 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 quick. Hey, before we begin, this is Trey again. So before we begin, hey, where can people find you? And we'll ask you again this question again. I know you're trying to build your social media presence, man. Where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook uh, under Markel Stuntacular Canada. And you can also find me and on Instagram uh, under Stuntacular. All right. You heard. You heard. Wait a minute. Spell that. Spell that. Stuntacular. Yes. S-T-U-N-T. A C U L A R, stuntacular. Wow, I've never heard that, but I'm going to use that. I like that. That is the well, second know, word of the well, day. I'm gonna tell you, can I <laughs> tell y'all where I got the name from? You know, how you take, I got the name stuntacular from a hater. You know, <laughs> this guy was hating on me. I was being invited to a lot of places. And one time I asked him to go with me. He said, man, I can't go because you always go in places all stunt tech. He goes, back then I was wearing Gucci and Louis. And he, he like, oh, you always, I can't, you know, I can't be around you in these places because you always stunt tackler. And yeah. I was like, ooh, stunt tackler. There it oh, is. That name fits me. So I just mm -hmm. took that name and threw it on there. Now he hates the name because he's trying to play me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to do just throw 10% of his way when you, when you get there again. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> he'll be all right. <laughs> right, he'll be all right. Heck yeah. So, okay. Um, go ahead, Trey. Let's start these questions off, man. All right. I, so, I, you know, so with that being said, you know, now, Quake, what was your pivot point when you said, hey, you know what? Everything that I've done, I I've got to do something for myself now. So what was that, that point in your life when you said, you know what? I got to make a change and this is my moment. So what was that, that driving force for you? Which one for the for the surgery, the comedy, for the, for the, uh, going for, through the job for, market? Yeah, we, we, well, let's start off again. Let's talk about him because you talked mentioned about, you know, what you've been through going on this path of, of the weight loss and, and the surgery. So. What was that pivot point for you for that weight loss surgery? Well, you know, it's kind of sad. I don't want you guys to get all emotional about it. We men, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I had, I went to school to um, do um, where you wear the suits for hazardous waste. Okay. For guys, you know, for you know, uh, hazmat. I went to like a hazmat school, and you know, you have to wear these suits with the oxygen tank and all that on the back. I couldn't fit in the suit. Mm. So they literally had to put they put the suit on, but they couldn't button it, zip it. And the whole time while everybody was doing their thing, I'm standing there in that suit, almost in it. And I just start crying, man. When I oh, tell you wow. I was crying, because it, mm. it was a great opportunity for me to make good money mm -hmm. working in hazmat. And not only that, it was just a shame that I, I finally got in a place. Because, you know, when you're overweight, a lot of people turn you down for jobs, even if you qualify. Mm -hmm. You know, but mm -hmm. none of them bother me as much as me not being able to get the job, actually, because I couldn't fit the suit. Wow. Uh, how much and did so you weigh? That, that, that kind of put me into a depression because when I moved to Denver, I decided to do life right. You know, leave the streets alone, all that, get a good job. 
And that point right there, so I ended up going to the doctor and I was telling the doctor about it. I was having headaches. And the doctor was like, hey, you ever thought about having that gastric bypass surgery? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, my aunt had it. She looks great. I had a cousin that went from Mary J. Bones to looking like Mary J. Blige, y'all. I'm not <laughs> wow. joking. That lady, I got a cousin that had the surgery. She looked so good. She actually looked like a celebrity after she had the surgery. Dang. So mm. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go ahead and do that. It, you know, to help me in my mental state, it helped me as far as my physical health. He was like, hey, you got good insurance. The insurance will pay for it. I went to classes for about six months and I went on and had the surgery. Wow. So before you had the surgery, what was your weight? What was your weight before you had the surgery? I think that yeah. more was asking. Yeah. I yeah. was I was I was at 390 pounds. Ooh. Five foot seven, three ninety. Wow. So how did you get that big? I mean, would you just I know eating, but I'm just saying, was it like binge eating? Was it just on the road, just not eating? I think, good? It, I, I think it was a little bit of both, just eating. My wife cooked a lot. You know, I ate whatever I wanted coming up. You know, I just didn't never really take food or my weight or health as serious because of the way I grew up. I grew I was raised by Southern grandparents, so man, we ate everything. You know what I mean? Cool, bag of rode, you know, French, big giant French fries, catfish on Friday. My grandmother used to, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't ever really too much pay attention to it as much. A little bit, I would say, is depressed eating, binge eating. It's, mm -hmm. it's all of that's included when you get that size, you know, it's just yeah. I, lazy, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I'm spoiled. You know, I didn't have to do much growing up, so, you know. So after you had that, that pivot point in your life, you made that change. You know, you look at yourself in the, in the mirror afterwards. Did you feel shocked after what you saw? Yeah, well, yeah, because it, it fell off so fast. It how fell fa off so how fast. How fast was it? I, I literally lost a pound a day for about 120 days. Dang. So, so basically in like four months, I was half my size almost. Wow. I mean, it, it had got to the point, it, the weight fell off so fast, believe it or not, I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom, to the bathroom, walk past the mirror and scare myself. And these <laughs> are facts. These Man. are these are literal, these are facts. Like I literally would look in the broke past the mirror and see some or come in the house fussing because now my underwear is medium and they're on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, what underwear is these? I'm yours, baby. Oh my God. I was I done went from four three X large to medium underwear. You know what I'm saying? Um, and these are actual mm. facts. Like it fell off so fast, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know? People would see me and a month later just be staring at me, you know, or people right. was actually thinking I was sick and didn't have the surgery. Mm -hmm. Oh, he must mm -hmm. got AIDS. He must be sick. He just saying, you know, but it, 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 it's a, when you have the full gastric bypass, you literally lose it. They tell you in the, in the meetings and everything, do not buy clothes until it stops. Wow. Because you just never know. And I went from 389 to one. 40 within a year. Dang. You probably, Ooh. you would they give you like a tablespoon of food a day or something when you first come out of the surgery? So when they first come out of the surgery, I was mostly drinking like um, whey protein shakes, bananas, you know, yogurt. And mm -hmm. my, my stomach was probably a, a size of an ounce. You have to look at it almost like a, a being a baby again. You're a grown wow. man with a baby stomach. 
So mm-hmm. about the size of a Gerber jar is the amount of food I was able to eat in the beginning. And that was good for you? I mean, you was okay with that? I mean, at that, at that point in life, I was food was the last thing on my mind. It just okay. went from, you know what I mean? It went from every, cause everything, I guess, you was right, or, you know, everything went about food when I was mad, when mm-hmm. I was happy, when mm-hmm. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. That, that started going away, so food wasn't first anymore. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it was funny thing to for me, like walking KFC and be like, "Just let me get a thigh original." They looking at me like, "Just a thigh, yeah, just yes, a thigh, just a thigh, <laughs> just give me just a thigh." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I... Okay. Oh, that's, so then that's interesting. So, hey, so so wait, this is this is Trey again. So, what type of commitments did you have to make? You know, before you even ha- be even be considered for the surgery. Uh. You 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 just you have to go to these meetings. You have to you can't okay. drink alcohol. That was so what I said. One, yeah, once a month we have to go to a, we had to go to a meeting, mm-hmm. and they would just start you know study drilling into us that we have to because we have, I have to take vitamins for the rest of my life. I have to take B twelve one a days, uh, calcium. Those are things that I'm going to have to take for the rest of my life because my body doesn't absorb natural nutrients from food like it used. to. Mm. So those are things we had to go to, you know, and go through. If you smoke, they wouldn't give you the surgery if you smoke, you know, things of that nature. So those are some of the commitments I had to, you know, go through before I had the surgery. Mm -hmm. So did you have a lot of follow-up appointments with your surgeon, you know, you know, even after the fact to see how you're doing? Because I can't imagine saying, okay, now we got this done. We we made you... Your stomach the size of a of a thimble now, and now you're on your own. So, a thimble. well, well I, I, he said an ounce. So I'm kind of like, well, yes, we we have to we have to go back every year for blood work and things like that. And, and I only had to have one follow up with my actual doctor, Doctor Brown, in Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. And when mm-hmm. I walked in that office, see, I was so committed to finally losing weight. I actually worked out. You know, I was doing push-ups, burpees, walking. You know, I did everything extra. When I walked in that office, that doctor did not recognize me. Wow. And the only way he recognized me because my last name is Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's what it was like, oh, Canada, you know, because that's a rare last name. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like, man, you out of the 6,000 or so surgeries I performed, you actually came back like one of the best. Mm, and I'm wow. like, man, you say that to everybody. He's like, man, I am so serious. When I looked at you, I had to take a double take, you know, because some people still lose weight, but they kind of look like wow. yeah, everything's hanging and sagging, you know, because the weight just fall off. You don't, your body doesn't have time to tone up because the weight just falls off. Uh-huh. You know, and I had that. I had, but I didn't have the big, long patches of hanging skin and the big, long stomach afterwards. You know, you might have to go online and look at some of the pictures to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. But all that skin, for some people, has to be removed. Mine didn't. So you didn't have the you didn't have the, the skin removal surgeries. No, I didn't have to have it. What? I had I had a little bit, but we man, we black man, black folks got good genes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's just it. You know, black don't crack and it don't swag. You know, don't sag. I mean, some people I do know that did have to have that. You know, the, the skin removal surgery, but I actually didn't. 
Mine yeah. wasn't. They asked me if I wanted the little bit removed and things, but I didn't want to go through any more surgery, you know? Okay. okay. And plus, I didn't want to get more conceited than I already was. You know, <laughs> I, I would have never put on a shirt if they would have took that little skin off my stomach. Right, right. Right there. Like, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think you could have lost um, maybe 100 pounds by yourself just by eating the way you're, you start eating after the surgery? Yes, and that's what I tell a lot of people when they ask me about the surgery. I tell them everything that I did that they could lose the weight, but I I wouldn't have lost it as fast. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I definitely you definitely is not going to lose it as fast, but you you can. I, but me, I always had struggles. I lose weight, gain weight, but even as a big dude, I still ran. I played softball. I played in the softball league in Toledo. I, I did it. I didn't. If most people, after they get to know me, they wouldn't even too much think I was fat. Or at least think that I didn't think I was fat. Mm. You know, in public, mm. they didn't know everything that I was going through as a fat person mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Right. You know, Trey know that. Like, I never mm -hmm. really acted like a fat mm -hmm. guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so quick, what was your motivation to make that change? I know you talked about the being, you know, in Denver, making that change there, trying to get that job. It didn't work out. But, you know, do you think that if you hadn't moved to Denver, then you would have never made that change? Well, you know, I had did a little time in a federal prison before, you know, for drug dealing. Mm -hmm. And when I was in federal prison, I was running. I was running like four miles a day. I had toned up very well. So mm -hmm. I think I would have. But even though I was a big, you know, Denver is a very health conscious city. Mm -hmm. You know, they mountain biking, they bike ride, you know what I mean? They walk and they're jogging. They're yogurt drinkers, you know, vegans. <laughs> that, that that city, I mean, it took me a year to find a job in Denver. Mm. Wow. Me, did, did that, uh, was that surgery covered by insurance or did you have to pay out of pocket for that? It was my, it's totally covered by insurance for the simple fact that it, they, they save money <laughs> in the long run because you have le less health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So my insurance paid 100% of my surgery. Wow. You can't beat that. No, you he can't. Said, he said you you was running it in prison. What, what do you run it in prison? I mean, oh, oh, from other convicts? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> I've been skinny like a mug. Well, you know, I was, in, I, was in a, I was in federal camp. So federal camp, we have a track. They play soccer, softball, but they also had a track. And I would get up and I started trotting. I started walking, then I started trotting. And before I knew it, I was before I knew it, I was running that track. Wow! You still it, running? It, federal camp is just like high school for me. That's mm. what it is. Yeah. I so mean, still... we had we had instruments. You know what I mean? We yeah. had a craft room. You know. <laughs> so that is camp. Yeah, that's it, that's basically what it was. It was like going to camp for real. So, so do you still run now or are you just what, what are you doing now to maintain your uh, you know I just run my mouth now that's it <laughs> <laughs> okay hey whatever I don't, I don't do too much running you know I need to I do a lot of walking because I work at a truck stop and you know a truck is the size of five cars basically so you know you gotta park in certain places to go to Walmart so that's about as much walking as I do you know what I mean mm -hmm. even though I wear a Fitbit you know <laughs> I don't get enough, I don't break the step record you know not yet not yet not yet you know I probably get about five thousand steps a day, but not much. That's good. That's five thousand is good. Yeah, I get about five thousand steps a day. Okay. 
Hey, quick, how long did it take for you to qualify for the procedure? Because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, like, I, I watched some of those shows on Discovery and TLC. They were talking about, well, you need to lose X amount of weight before you can even have the procedure. So did you, how long yeah. did it take for you to qualify? You, it took me six. It took me six months. I basically qualified right away because I was, you know, five foot seven, three ninety. That's severe obese. Mm -hmm. uh, that's morbid obese. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess with whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. So my insurance coming. Then my doctor, he felt so sorry for me because I was, you know, I was just coming in. I was, I was talking to him like a psychiatrist. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he was a psychiatrist, but he was just basically our family doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling them what I was going through. Like, I go in for a job. They looking at me out the window. And when I get in there, I'm automatically turned down. You know? They might assume I can't climb in and out the truck. So I'm just not physically able to perform the task. Mm -hmm. You know? So they, I guess I don't know what else he put in with it. But it was like I was, I was um, accepted right away. And I, you know, within telling him all of these things, the next month I was in the classes. But you wow. do have to prove to them that, that you're, you're going to be dedicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I, I probably lost about 15 to 20 pounds before I had the surgery. Wow. That's that's an amazing feat right there, man. Because mm -hmm. it's hard mm -hmm. to lose weight. So let me ask you this. And so then, you know. Let's take you back to that day when you're actually on the table. What was the last thing you thought about as you laid on the table and the first thing you thought about when you woke up? When I woke up, I was in so much pain. I was cussing and screaming. And the, mm. the lady ran over and said, well, we're not going to have this because it was a Jewish hospital. And she pushed some button and I fell right back out. I, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, I woke phone. up like, elf. Mother, Ibel, Abba. I mean, I'm yeah, I was in extreme pain just to breathe. And she, I remember the nurse walking over and was like, "We're not gonna have all this." And just push some button, and I was mm -hmm. out. Actually, she hit you with propofol. I guarantee you, that's yeah, what that was. Hit, mm. When she hit me with some, I know one thing. I wanted it from then on. When my <laughs> wife started fussing, I wanted that button so bad. I was like, "Man, where is that button?" Right, right. <laughs> she fussing. I need to just go to sleep. <laughs> so, so on a scale of one to ten, what was your pain when you when you came out? Was it a, a true ten or was it like like a fifteen? Just to breathe, but I slept through most of it. Okay, you know what I mean. And then they gave me the button, mm. so I can I can have visitors in the room. I look up at them and hit the button. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Man. So was the pain that bad? I mean, was it was it, was it, was, it like it was bad? It was bad when I first woke up, but by okay. that night, by the by mid, I got I had my surgery at six a.m. By midnight, I was walking the halls. Yeah, wow. they want to get you up quick, especially one hundred percent. By midnight, mm -hmm. I was walking the halls with the button. They're like, "Don't push that button. You walking now?" Right? You? Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> you... <laughs> That'd be ugly. <laughs> yeah. Don't now push you... that button. <laughs> you said you were married. Were you married before the surgery or after? I've been I've, I've been married since '96. I had the I had the surgery in 2010. Okay, so you were you large when you got married, though? I mean, like that. I, you was, I, you... I, I, I would say I was healthy because we was throwing boxes man I mean we worked me and, me and Trey we worked together okay. so you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying we were throwing those boxes I worked and I worked in the hardest part the hardest part yeah primary yeah. well I was I was probably personally probably throwing 2,000 boxes a night 
Mm, he was so in shape. Had to, it had to be in good I, shape. I, I, I always looked at myself as fat because I was bigger than everyone else, but I was actually kind of toned, I guess. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? I didn't look at myself like a muscle builder or nothing like that, but I was I was in shape to be as big as I was. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ever, a, I wasn't that sloppy fat guy. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So would you consider that, that, that surgery a, a, uh, a transitional point in your life saying, like, man, I, I've reached the pinnacle or do you think it's some still things that you're trying to work on as you're, as you're going through this process? What's, what's your journey like right now? Well, my journey is that I, I, I never expected so many people to turn on me because of jealousy and not understanding, you know, when you, when you the fat guy, you the guy that's just always sitting there while everybody's getting all the attention. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? You're the big dude. You're the guy that's just, you, you're sharing to eat. You know, that's one of the biggest lies I ever told. No, thanks. I'm not hungry. No, dang on well, I wanted everything in that kitchen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you do get that surgery, your confidence level comes up. A lot of people are going to look at you like you've changed, but they just don't understand. These are the things that you always wanted to do. Now mm -hmm. you're buying the clothes that you wanted to wear that they didn't even make in your size. You know, mm -hmm. you're not afraid to first walk in. You're not afraid to eat in front of people. You're not afraid to dance. You like my, my confidence level. And now the people that actually appreciate the surgery are giving you so much love. Their attention is not for the other people anymore. It's mm -hmm. all about how you didn't transition from mm -hmm. big quake. And now your nickname is Tremor. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how did he go? I mean, I've been mistaken for T.I. I was going to ask you who you look like. After Summer Jam. I walked in a club after Summer Jam that T.I. performed in, and a girl just started screaming and literally passed out. She thought I was T.I. Mm. I've been called that a lot of times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it's like, when you start getting that type of attention, you also have the negative parts of having the surgery. Because my wife's a big girl. She was a big girl, but my surgery helped everybody lose weight. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it was always about me. And she had to stand there and listen to people tell me how good I look while she was still a big girl. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, see, that causing issues right there. That causes issues. You see what I'm saying? When you getting all the attention all of a sudden. I mean, mm -hmm. I've always had my certain amount of attention. I mean, I've been on TV. I signed autographs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I owned business. I've always done some some things that people would be like, that Markel. You know, I, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? Right, mm -hmm. right. But at the same time, that surgery was was a little different. There's a, there's, a, there's a very big downside to that, you know? Those friends that were always calling you out to come out with them, they stopped. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, 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 but you're getting, you're getting invited more places because people are not afraid to, uh, to more dinners because the people are not afraid you're going to break their chairs. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? But when you go to the dinners, there's also a downside because if they don't know that you haven't had the surgery, you don't eat that much. Now they all of a sudden, oh, my food must not been good. He ain't like, he ain't even take a play home and this and that. But they're right. not understanding I can only eat as much as a toddler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So that that confidence got built up, so that kind of got you into comedy too. Is that how they work? Well, how did I get into comedy? Yeah, 
Oh, I, I was still big when I was actually doing comedy. I didn't do comedy much after I uh, lost weight. After I lost the weight, I didn't do comedy. I just wrote for a couple of comics, you know, sent them some things, but I didn't do any. I I, I haven't done any stand up. I just felt like with stand up, I wasn't mature enough for stand up. What do you mean? Even by that? though I can do it, and, and it takes tough skin to be a celebrity. You know, I don't mind being known and joking around my friends and things of that nature. But when strangers know you, that's a different league. You know what I mean? When mm -hmm. you're in the mall and somebody just walks up to you and just take a picture by you, that's a different league. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So I didn't do much comedy, but you are you asking me how did I end up being in comedy? Yeah, I mean, we, I still want to know about the weight loss, so, but I was just concerned how you kind of got into that as as a if you were not as confident before and you got in there, I was just wondering how did that work out for you? How, what made you decide you were, you were funny or how did you know? Uh, well, all, all growing up, people used to always tell me, man, you're going to be on TV or you need that. You need your own show or, you know, and people just used to always laugh at things I would say. And it, it kind of comes from my uncles. You know what I mean? My family mm -hmm. is, is, is extremely sarcastic, comedic people. They're Southerners, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, it just so happens a friend of mine opened a club in Toledo, Ohio. And he was like, hey, man, you should come up here. And you should, we're going to uh, start doing Sunday night comedy. You should, we, I, I want you to come host it. He was such a good friend that I couldn't say no. Mm -hmm. You know, he mm -hmm. always helped me out with so many things. And my very first show, I opened up for a major comic. She's famous. I'm not going to say her name. Okay. But you know that this lady would not come on stage because she was, she she said, y'all said there wasn't going to be any professionals here and this and that and the other because that's another thing that I ended up having to leave comedy about is because I didn't realize the politics of it. Oh, mm. wow. I didn't you know, know it's politics, a lot of it? politics. It's a, it's a lot of things in comedy. If the host or the, the, the uh, opening act can't be funnier than the headliner. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. But mm -hmm. I didn't know these things. I was just a natural, funny guy. Mm -hmm. I never even wrote for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would just get on stage and just talk just like we're talking now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because a, a, a comic told me, he said, man, the best comedy is just you get on that stage and the audience is your cousins and your friends. It's just like you're talking to your friend. And I took that to heart and that's what I used. And that's how I made it as far as I did. Mm -hmm. But that lady wouldn't come on stage because I did so well, mm -hmm. you know. And, and it was like she's like he ain't professional. It's our homeboy. I mean, we sell weed together. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, so her manager because and I was taping shows this show, and the manager came and was like, we we gotta have that tape. We can't, you know, if she go on stage, we can't have that that tape with her on there. Blah blah blah. And, I, and you know these dudes gangsters. So they oh. like, hey, Quake, you know, what you want to do? You want to give him the table, say F him, you know? And I'm like, man, what y'all going to do for me if I give you my tape? Because I got other stuff on here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the dude was like, I'll give you a tryout. He said, I'll get you a tryout for a comic view. And if you make it a comic view, I'll be your manager as well. Mm. And that's how I ended up getting the audition for comic view and being on comic view. So you but was I actually never on really, comic view. You was actually but on I view. honestly never really took comedy that serious. It's, it, that's what everybody else wanted me to do, yeah. but it's not what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I and I moved forward so fast because my grandmother who raised me had cancer. She was dying of cancer. And oh, I had to, to I felt like it was an urgency to do something to let her think that I was gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. she raised me. Mm-hmm. You know, me and her were tight. Mm-hmm. You, and uh and she mm-hmm. I, I ended up I appeared on Comic View in January '97. And she died January. I mean, I appeared on Comedy September '97, and she died January '98. Mm-hmm. So she got to see me on there. <laughs> wow! Well, I, you know, I don't know how you can walk away friends. from that, man. I don't know how you uh-huh. can walk away. From, I, said, I don't know how you can walk away from that because you was you was on your way. You was on man. You could have took DL Hewley spot. Man, it, it was a, it was a it's 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 more stressful than why you think those celebrities had those breakdowns? Why you think Martin Lawrence pressure. out there talking to them cars and stuff? Yeah, it's a pressure. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, why you think Michael Jack? Why you think Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and Prince? These folks made it to the top of their careers and end up killing themselves. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I, I definitely a lot that. of pressure. Yeah. I mean, you you would think. I mean, the people, you know, what really hurts the most is the people that you think will be most appreciative or happy for what you're doing. Those are your biggest haters. Mm. Those, a lot of those be the ones that literally drive you crazy. They mm. want more than they deserve, mm-hmm. you know, and they make you feel bad for your blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is I unfortunate. Had a great, uh, I had a great aunt come to me at my grandmother's wedding and says, told me at my grandmother's funeral. Didn't say, I'm sorry you lost your grandmother. I'm sorry, I, you know, if anything I can do. She walked right up to me and said, when I saw you on TV, I was so disgusted. I just, I turned wow. my TV off and I unplugged it. Man, this what is what you... a great aunt said to me hmm. at the funeral. And while I'm at this funeral grieving, people hmm. are coming up taking pictures of me. Oh. What, what did you say on Comic View? <laughs> was that bad? I didn't say anything really bad on Comic View because you can't cuss or anything, but where I, where I got kind of famous for was doing the Donald Duck impersonation. And I, you might have heard it on ringtones, but I was like, Oh, baby. Oh, you're so cute. That's my voice on those ringtones and things of that nature. So that's what kind of made that, you know. Man, but I, I sound I, like you. <laughs> Yeah, so that it it it. I mean, it, it just that also has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just got to pick your poison with where you want to be. You know what right. you want to do. Yeah, and, and comedy was. I mean, it might be something that I might go into later in life, like a red fox when I'm much older and slow down a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it, yeah. that's a lot of pressure in that. I mean, when I when I came off Comedy View, I stayed going. I was on toured through Texas. I mean, everywhere. I was just going. I was opening mm-hmm. for people that you looking at today, that like like uh, Kevin Hart. He wasn't wow. even famous back then. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I opened up for Kevin Hart a couple of times. I knew he was going to be famous because as a comic, when you have that that mindset, you're finishing people jokes and you're telling them how genius it is while you're watching them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm that I'm that person that's sitting in the audience that's critiquing your whole show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, dang, I thought about that. I could have did that joke. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, you mm-hmm. finished it. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're laughing 
and you're a comic, you know that comic is going to be famous. That's uh-huh. true. That's true. That's a lot of comics don't laugh at other comics. They kind of uh-huh. like, oh, that was funny. That was, yeah. But the, so let me ask you, how do you set up a routine when you get ready to go on stage? Well, what, 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 give me an example of what you would do. You, you walking out, you in Cincinnati, you, the crowd is packed. What do you start out with? Shut up. <laughs> you just come in and say shut up. Hey man, you're coming. People coming ready to laugh. They don't care. Okay. You know, if they did clap, I'd be like, "You, I'm company. You either treat me like company, I'm gonna treat you like your mama treats you with company lead. Now you better hey. get it together. You know, I mean, just you know, you just do you, you. Most of the time, they hype you up just like you just hype me up coming out on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, that, and that's how the, that's what the host does. And I would just come out and just do my thing. But like I said, Sam, I really never wrote. I, you know, the most I wrote for my comedy is songs. But you also know that I was good at cracking on folks. Oh, oh, quick. He was quick. He was quick. <laughs> yeah. He was so quick. That, that, People that, would that, Either you so laughing or you walking away mad. That's how it usually is. That's how it was. No so, doubt. No doubt. And that's what happens. If, if, I, if I come out and started my show and it wasn't going well, I just start talking about folks. And that always won. You know? Is that how that works? I wonder why they always start talking about the audience. So, oh yeah, if, if, if they if they feel like their show is bombing, they'll go to just cracking on the audience, and that's what most comics are good at anyway. Most of mm-hmm. us are good at all, all of us are not Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? Mm. Ooh, he but he went to Cosby Trey. I don't know. Uh, well, well, that was at one time that you did put something in my pudding, uh, Warren, but uh, <laughs> we won't. That's for a different show. So. Right, right. Then I quickly left. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you what do you think about him, Quake? What do you think about uh, Cosby? What do you think about? I him think there him? I think there's some truth to it. You mm. know, the only reason I honestly think that there's some truth to it because he didn't have the support like he should have had, being that main that major in the entertainment industry. You know, he mm-hmm. said past for a lot of comics, and nobody was there for him. Mm. Nobody was there in court for him. You know, all those people you know it, when there's some truth to it he, he didn't have the support that i think he should have had mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I don't know i don't know how i feel about it you know because i always think there's a little bit of oversell when it comes to that stuff too because for the for them to let him out now and then said he shouldn't have went in the first place makes well, me they, think only, that, the only reason they said that he shouldn't have went in the first place is because he went to the, the first da and told the truth you're right. But it wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be used against him. Right. Mm-hmm. They made a deal. Yeah, and when right. the yep. second DA came in, he used him and was made it unconstitutional. Now he's released. Basically, so now you got to know that there's some mm-hmm. truth to it because mm-hmm. what he told that first DA got him convicted in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but we I- know at least uh, Felicia Rashad at, down at Howard University, she supported him and. Now she's yeah. she's taking some flack from it, but you know yeah. you you see who's gonna stick with you, who's not gonna stick with you when times are up and, and or, or times are down. So you know definitely relationships are a big part of that that whole process as well. Well, and that also goes back to what I was telling you. I wasn't mature enough to be a star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I can't say I would have done some Bill Cosby stuff. But I probably would have done some things that would have made the news. Okay. You know, because that that comes that feeling of power. You know, you walking in clubs. Everybody wants you at their club. I mean, I had parking spaces at clubs. Dang. Come over, just cover, just go on Comic View for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 power, that entitlement, Mm -hmm. that that can that 
too much for a person that doesn't come from a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think nobody's really prepared for, for success because there's no classes or training for it. So you're right. We don't know what could happen. I mean, because sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey, we, we walk down the street, people would just be throwing themselves at Trey. So I had to just had to pull him back. So I understand but, how that is. But, but the, the thing is, I'm in my car driving in the street. What they doing jump, jumping in front of my car? That's well, you'd be on the sidewalk when you'd be well, on the sidewalk. Oh, well, well, that, yeah, that one time, but it's okay. Trey, Trey, nobody, you take- know, nobody <laughs> knows. Yeah, you're right. There is no training for success. Somebody dropped $10 million in your lap. There's no telling how you might start acting or what Man. you might turn Dude. into. You know, 10 million. Hey, 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 I'm good. I'm money, the, game. The, the saying money is the root of all evil. They just, they not just saying that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Money, man. I, I did some things as a drug dealer with money. I know that I wouldn't want to, you know, I don't even want to speak of it. And today I hate money. Mm. I don't even I, I hate cash money. Oh, put wow. it that way. I, I don't like the problem. way money, I don't like the way money smell. I don't want it in my pocket. I don't want it in my wallet. I'm talking about I got I got every credit and debit card you can have just to keep money away from me. I do not like cash. If I ended up with cash, I'm going straight to Chase and, and put it in a direct deposit. I mean, in the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the pot. I do not like cash because cash made me do a lot of things. I had to buy my way out of a lot of situations and I bought my way into a lot of situations because I had the money to do it. That's a good point. That is a good and point. when it changed, when it changed people around you or people start seeing you doing these type of things with money, older and you get wiser and you like man money made me act like that money mm-hmm. made me do these type of things so i knew that i wasn't mature enough to be a celebrity mm-hmm. okay so tell me a little bit more about the, the situation when it came time for like as you went through your process and these relationships you gained friends you lost friends you 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 gained weight you lost weight you know do you have any regrets after your after your surgery no, you know what? I, I I wish I would have done some things different. I wish I would have separated from some people faster, mm. you know. But as I ride these thousands of miles on these highways across this beautiful country, I got things to reflect on and laugh about. Mm-hmm. I got things to reflect on and and just be like, oh, okay, well, if this should happen this time, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have a lot of great memories, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of bad ones, but at the same time, I I got things to look back on and be like, you know, I just know this: if I don't die instantly, if I'm laying on my deathbed, I can say to myself, "Thank you, Jehovah, I had a blessed life." You know, I can say that. I can say that and be like, I don't have too much regret, much of nothing. I'm glad I did what I wanted to do as to what everybody else wanted me to do. Hmm. Well, do you have any fears at, in, in that regard regarding to either regaining uh, the weight or, uh, and if you do gain weight, do you think your relationships will change yet again? See, I, I knew he wouldn't do it. He was there oh, for yeah, me. Yeah, you know, I, I have gained some weight. You know, I'm, a, I'm around 190 now. You know, so I have gained some weight back in that, and that came from COVID. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? From sitting mm-hmm. around for months. And then while I was sitting around, I started cooking. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that came with the surgery. I never liked cooking. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to cook for me. I would, but I think I'm the one that invented 
the the uh the what you call it the platter the app the appetizer platter that was, if I was on the red lobster <laughs> i would order at least five things on the appetizer uh, menu you know they didn't have the platters back then yeah. where you could get the, the mushroom the wings and you know the, the, the zucchini dip or whatever they didn't have all that on one platter at the time i man my table would be full so mm. um uh, wait a minute. I, I got off track now. Wait a minute. <laughs> but um, just the idea about your relationships and food. If you if you regained, you know, you yeah, said you gained I, some I, some weight I, back. But how would things change if you are you fearful of regaining all the weight back again? Or what's what's I your plan? I, I don't think that I would ever be that size again. But uh, uh, that I was. But I, 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 they even tell you after ten years, you have to start watching it because you know. Mm-hmm. At my age, your metabolism slows down. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so you have to stay active. And most people start gaining their weight back after eight to ten years. Okay. Well, he wow. said you take See, vitamins too, so I know that's got to help yeah. a lot. See what it what the weight loss surgery really is is a tool to teach you how to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't know how to eat. I would just take a, a bite of a sandwich and make maybe chew it twice and swallow it. That surgery force you to solidify your food. You literally have to chew it till it liquefies and then swallow it. Mm. So, you know, you you get into the routine of eating like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, that, and that, So I don't think that I would ever, but I do know that if I did get bigger, because soon as I gained a little weight, even the neighbor was like, he's African. Oh my God, you pick. You got pick. Oh my God, you pick up. You know what I mean? So everybody, I mean, as soon as I take a picture, and now my wife went from, my wife now calls me and be like, what's your fat ass doing? And she used to just be like, hey baby, now it's a fat boy. You know, so I have gained some weight. But there are there are some some you know some fears about it. But at this age, mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't think that I, you know, I don't think I'll ever gain I, I I probably should never get over that to that size again. No, do you do you call you so are you in your you're not, you went from being, you know, Sherman Clump to, to, to wow. Buddy Love. So where, where are you at now in life, man? Where, where are you at? <laughs> wow, Trey. Did you call well, it Sherman Clump? But, but, hey, hey, but Ward, he, he's been, it's factual. I literally live wow. the, yes. the, the Professor Clump life. I think that's what you did I, 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 Man, soon as I got, <laughs> soon as I got thin enough, don't think I didn't go throw on me some, some, uh, them, what you call them pants? Them uh, not, not, not yoga. Now don't give me twisted. Uh, uh, wow, I don't uh, even know. You didn't, you you know, didn't do remember, skinny jeans. You need the no, skinny jeans. Uh, spandex. What? Man, oh yeah, I, I didn't wear them out. I didn't worry about it in public, you know. <laughs> he, got, he got some. He got three colors, yeah. Hey, hey you know, man. I didn't wear them in public, but I threw some on, you know. Okay. Yeah, like, oh man, I look nice in these. I would buy the Nike jogging suit, you know, the the the, the spandex uh, workout suits and stuff like that. Yeah, I did that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I really lived it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it went, I mean, I, I actually had to tell a couple of people, man, will you please get your wife? And they're like, huh? I'm like, man, will you get your wife? Like, wow. man, they would get drunk around me and just want to grab and dance. And, and those things weren't happening when I was fat, you know, and it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, 
and when when you not and when you can't or you don't respond to the flirting, now you're gay. He must be gay. You know what I mean? That was another mm. thing that was hurting me. That mm. was hurting me because I'm really trying to be a good man, and it's hard. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you must be a F. You must be a F or something. You know what I mean? Like I go, mm. I gotta be gay because I ain't attracted to you. Where, where was you when I was fat? Back then, you didn't want me. Now I'm skinny. You all on me. You know what I mean? Wow. He went to the rap songs. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, women don't like to be rejected anyway. So you know. Right. That. And I didn't know that. I didn't have, I've been married half. Oh, I've been with this woman half my life. Uh-huh. So and, and, and half of that, I was fat. So I, I know. Right. You yeah. know, I know a woman want to beat me up because I, I'm not, you know, accepting her advances. You right. Notice that women used to always want to fight me real quick when I lost weight. Like they choose me. They be they be arguing and fighting with another dude. They choose me to fight. Yeah, because <laughs> you're light skinned. That's why. That's why. Right. Like, like I, I, I can take him. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna beat him up, T.J. I'm gonna beat Ti up. That's what I'm gonna do. Right. So now with all the all the folks that you out here swinging against and fighting against, what's the one thing that people need to know who is considering the surgery? <laughs> what do they need to know? Hey, be expecting a few fights from folks now. Right. Well, what, what, what in, in all honesty, what, what do you think people really need to know um, as they consider this surgery? You know, we know everyone's going to be different and how it's going to respond to everybody. But what's one thing you would give to someone who's considering this procedure? There's going to be a lot of things in your life that's going to change that you was not familiar with as an mm. overweight person. There's just okay. going to just, just gonna be changes. There's just going to be a different way that people speak to you, that people treat you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt you at times because you're going to reflect back to when you were fat, when them people didn't treat you like that. Mm-hmm. You know, people, fat people, treat overweight people like they are a disease or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we was the coronavirus before the virus came. No. <laughs> Everybody stayed away from the fat, sweaty, heavy breathing, go eat up everything at the party person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of those things are going to change. It's just going to be, you know, I, I just say stay happy, stay motivated, you know, just just work and also work on your mental health. What makes mm-hmm. you happy? Mm-hmm. Because they wasn't concerned because none of those people was like, come on, let's go work out. Come on, let's go walk. Right. Come on, mm-hmm. let's help get this weight off of you. Nobody was saying that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think also uh, when you when you had a surgery, you can't drink really afterwards, can you? Or do they advise you not to drink alcohol? They not they advise you not to drink for like the first year. And, and, and I wish I would have listened. Mm. Mm. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get, you can. It probably kicks in a lot faster, don't it? Oh my God! I mean, I was drinking some Crown one time, and it, 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 I wasn't buzzed or nothing while I was sitting. You know, and I got up to use the bathroom. I fell and knocked over everything that could. Oh, yeah, it does affect you a lot different when you don't have any fat in your body. Mm. You don't have anything to absorb it. It's going straight to your brain, you know? Mm. Man. So yeah, well, that's that's a game changer. It is. Do you do you find that you enjoy food or alcohol, you know, the same, less or, or more after your procedure? I enjoy food a lot more. I'm not afraid. I ate a lot of okay. things that I didn't eat when I was fat. Like I would eat baked foods now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sugar free. I don't I still to this day don't drink soda. 
Okay. Yeah. That's you know good. what I, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that was my thing, a frozen Coke. You know what I mean? I had a lot of... <laughs> A lot of things that, but I, I would eat. I mean, I've tried. I eat. I eat sushi now. That's things I wouldn't have ate when I was fat. Give me the chicken, man. Give me the ribs. I don't want no sushi. You know, I but you'd be so hungry, and sometimes you just willing to try anything. Like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I, I, I did try a lot of different foods after I lost weight. I started eating a lot of things that I wouldn't normally eat. And I actually enjoy it because I can only eat a little bit of it. Now, tell me what sushi is. I hear it all the time, but I really don't know what it is. I think it says rice and maybe fish raw or something. Fish. Raw, raw fish. Raw oh, fish. Oh, no. Like You mean like raw, tuna fish? Raw seafood. Yeah. Trey, yeah, good. it's delicious. Yeah, I, it is. I, it I, I is believe it. I love it. Yes. Man, I'm telling you. I can't believe that. I'm going to have to say a no for me on that one. Uh, I promise you, it's, it's not it, it's an acquired a game changer, taste. It's not one of those where, like, like, uh, uh, it's not. It's not where people say, "Oh, it's an acquired taste." No, sushi is delicious, man. It's yeah, good. Off it the is. Rip. It's good for real. Wait a minute. What's in it? What's in it? You get you get rice and just fish, right? What, what else? Is it's in it? all you, different kinds. It's uh, shrimp and eel Tuna, and then the yeah. sauces. Yes. And, I mean, it, yes. it, I promise yes. you, if you try it, my kids been eating it since little girls, since they was like seven, eight years old. We go to buffets, they were eating it. I always looked at it. I thought it was like flower arrangements because it's so pretty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would never eat it, you know? And one day I tried it. I, I, I eat sushi at least once a week. It's get delicious. Get you a tuna roll, get you a salmon roll. Man, I don't oh, know. I, California, I might try it. California roll, yes. Oh, man. Billy yes. rolls and- I'm gonna oh, try this. just a snippet oh, and see. And, I, and when I'm up, when I'm on the West Coast, when I'm in like Portland or Seattle, I it's have fresh. to have it. Yes, I'm literally yes. fiending for it. It's so fresh and so different. I love, I love sushi's delicious. But I, yes, I did try a lot of different foods and and found that I had taste buds for things that I would never have tried as a fat mm-hmm. person. <laughs> so what are some things that you would that you just can't, won't you just can't eat anymore because doesn't agree with you now that you had your procedure? Beer, soda, carbonated things. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to watch what I eat because you will throw up. You know, you oh. will vomit that food back up if your stomach gets too full. Mm. So I have, you know, so I have to remember that I can only eat just like yesterday. I bought a burger yesterday from Fuddruckers. I just finished that burger at noon today. Wow. Uh, you talk about a person that used to eat two smash Big hey, Macs. Hey, okay, give me two of them. Hey, ba- double about bacon butter burgers and Toledo. That would go get a pizza for the family and a pizza for himself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, okay. is a, that is a changer right there. You, know, you, you talk about a person that would pull through the drive-thru and be like, give me the left half of the menu. Yeah. <laughs> 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 give me all that. Oh, you no. talk about a person that would be sitting back watching TV, and a, and, a, and Burger King or McDonald's would come out with a new sandwich, and I would get up immediately and go get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still open. Oh yeah, I'm the person that people before before Google, people used to call me and ask me for phone numbers at the restaurants, and I knew them all by heart. Oh my god, <laughs> these, these are facts. Like people would call me, hey, what's the number to Gino? And I know the number. Mm-hmm. Wow! Special Four, too, huh? Four seven two three five six seven. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. 
Has anybody else in your family got the surgery since you had it? One of my great aunts had the surgery. One of my cousins had the A couple of my cousins had the surgery. But my my great aunt literally looked like a beauty queen after she had her surgery. Okay. I, I can send you. And then my cousin. But everybody's surgery is going to be different. Because they're going to start going into that dark depression with dealing with people that's acting funny because they're losing weight now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're going to revert back to depressed eating. I've seen people, I, I got a cousin now that I literally, he called me on FaceTime and his neck is big as my body and he had the surgery and he was eating wings. I'm talking about sucking the wing, the bones straight out the wings, man. They come out shining. So some hmm. people just, it don't work for some people. Some people just, but I, I was just dedicated. I, I had to. You know what I mean? I was like, I've never been skinny. I've never been small. So I really worked on it hard. But everybody's <laughs> going to have different results to their surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people that call me about it. I know over 100 people has had it because of me. Because I was constantly on Facebook with all, all every, every stage that I was going through. Until I got down to that T.I. looking dude, yeah. you know. <clears throat> let, let me let me ask this before we move on to the getting to know you. So when you do the gastric bypass, or they basically put a band on the top of your belly? Is that what they're doing? Is that what they're doing? No, I had my, my, mine was, I had the full procedure. I didn't have the lap band. And the full procedure is microscopic surgery. Well, they go in and they cut out, they cut out some of your small intestines and then they hook it up to your to your stomach so you basically it's just going in and going right back out mm, wow so you gotta eat regularly then yeah I, I, I lit my, when I had got so small I had to go to the doctor because at first at one point I looked like I was vanishing Sam uh, Trey it, <laughs> it got to a point where it, I, my face had sunk I, I literally had got down to like 130 yeah, at wow. one point yeah that's what I was yeah, and the doctor was like, hey, man, you, you got to eat more. I was like, I eat. I eat all day. He was like, look, man, you got to eat this amount of calories to, right. to maintain this weight right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you're going to have to eat a little bit more. There was, so instead of eating five or six times a day, you might have to eat 10 times a day. Woo. That's what I was thinking. You got to, because it's a balancing act. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It mm-hmm. is. Because uh, like I said, I was so happy. All those things went away. I mean, I was, I had, I was borderline diabetic. I had high blood pressure, sleep apnea. All that went away. I mean, you talking about a husband whose wife would say, "Can I go to sleep first? You know, because she couldn't sleep for my snoring. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of that went away. All of that went away. So my happiness, I had, you know, it was so much joy and so much excitement of getting all the love from the losing the weight and feeling good that food was like my last like that was the last thing I cared about mm. I was working out like I said I work I get I eat a drink a protein shake you know muscle milk or something you know what I'm saying wow. mm-hmm. and Man. keep it moving that, that's interesting that you had to do all that but let, let me transition over here for another question I wanted to get to before we end this up you were a uh, uh, was an Uber driver to the stars or what did you what did you say in the okay. intro Okay, I, I I I started driving when I was when I was doing Microsoft mapping. I, I um when that contract ended with them, Uber bought their system, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up getting in with with Uber. 
So when I got an Uber, I was just, it was so it, it was just perfect for me because I'm a people person. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm funny. I'm personable. I made the the riders feel comfortable. So they was getting a lot of feedback from me because okay. uh, you know I was well, I was rated one of the highest. I was number two in uh, Colorado as far as the ratings. I had the uh, I broke the one day earnings record, and whenever celebrities were in town. They would direct me to those areas where the celebrities were taking ride, like basketball players, football players. And if I was in that area, if they wanted a ride, they needed a ride, it would automatically come to my phone. So I ended up with athletes, uh, Olympians, uh, celebrities. I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, I've had Todd Gurley in his car. They had Jovic in the car. Jovic couldn't get his feet out of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Baseball players. I mean, you know, we're a sports city. You know, we have major sports of all levels in us. Avalanche, Colorado Rockies, Denver Nuggets, Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of them in my vehicle. Man. Wow. You've, you've had a lot of jobs. You've done a lot. Man. I, I, I worked I work for Amazon, Uber, and the radio station. I worked for those. I worked those jobs for three years straight, and then one year I worked 130 days straight. One mm. of all three jobs. Man. One or maybe all three in one day, but mm. I worked for 130. And that's a, that's another thing that kept the weight off. I, I stayed busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll I, do it. I, I stayed smart. busy. Like let me get up and just do something. But when COVID hit, <clears throat> that weight popped back on me so fast, man. It was unbelievable. Wow. Well, some weight, not all of, but some weight, you know. Mm-hmm. So where where are you at weight? Like, uh, what's your weight right now? Wait, right now I'm at I'm 185 pounds. 185. So I'm, okay. at least, I'm at least 25 pounds overweight. That's overweight. Yeah, it's overweight for my height. Hmm. Wow. I'm five seven. Okay, so you about how tall is Kevin Hart? Are you about his height? I don't no, know. No, he, he's shorter than me. Kevin Hart, like five four. Uh, you ain't never seen that picture of me and Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh-uh, no, on your page. Uh, I think I, it's on my Facebook page. That picture of me. Kevin Hart, a little dude. Kevin Hart, uh, about yeah. five three. He's real little. Do you mm. think? He, do you think he's funny? I think he's hilarious, and he's a real good guy. Mm. You know, Nick Cannon. He's <laughs> in our, uh, now I can tell you some jerks like uh, Cedric Entertainer, Steve Harvey. Them jerks. Mm. Oh yeah, I can tell Steve Harvey is, but Cedric said he's like that too. So it's just kind of funny, you know, but I understand, too, it might have been just the situation that I caught him in, you no. know, as, as far as at the timing. But sometimes you just get tired of it. Like I said, I wasn't mature enough because when I was a big dude, I ain't argue with you. I just punch you in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That'll solve a lot of problems. So. Yeah, when I was a big it. dude, I didn't argue with people. They get to argue, you know, if I if I ain't have a lot of love, you know, so when you constantly got people walking up to you, hey, you know, I watch your show. Oh, let me get y'all. Oh, this nigga acting funny. Blah, blah, you know, say something funny. A lot of, you know, we want to deal with that every day. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you just want to be a normal person sometimes. You know what like, I mean? You want to go you out to dinner with your family with somebody, walk without someone, walking over to the table, mm-hmm. taking pictures of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how they, and that's how they ended up, they ended up just losing. You know, because it compounds. You try to be a good, generous, and nice person, but like I say, everybody can't maintain that persona for so. It can only go on for so long before you end up snapping. Right, you and know, that they makes can't sense. really go to family reunions, funerals, a lot of things. They can't even show up at anymore because their celebrity status. 
Yep, you always got to be on. Mm-hmm. You know what, Quake? Uh, we want to transition to the stage of the show where we do this uh, little part called Getting to Know You, where Trey and I will both ask you a few questions and just give us your honest answer or, or opinion on the question, okay? All right. We'll let you know if the answer's wrong or not, though. I mean, I mean, War will let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll start, I'll start off. I, well, let's go two and two, Trey. Okay. All right. Okay, Quake, what's your favorite old school movie? What, what, you, what you like rocking with? What you like? Uh... Uh, would Belly be considered an old school movie? Yeah, Belly was a good movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Belly, uh, between Belly and Pain and Full, those are movies that I can watch no matter when it comes on. If I'm if I'm watching TV, I'm clicking through the channels, and them movies are on, I'm gonna watch. Okay. What do you think about Belly Part Two? I I, I I don't I don't think about it. Okay, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, what's the best advice that someone ever gave you in life? Um, follow your heart. Mm. Follow, follow what you, what you, what you're happy with. You know, if you, if, if, if that's how you, if you feel like you can do it, you can do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, here's a, my first question: Is this name something that people love but you cannot stand? Sushi. Uh, Me. Stop. <laughs> 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 you said you oh my bad my bad jumped in there i'm sorry go ahead myself me mm. well you know answer. it's all about self-improvement i get it that's, I that's get a good it. answer yeah. yeah okay okay some days i don't like myself either how about right. this one how about this now this is going back to food for a second so groceries for five years or fast food for life which one which one would you take Groceries, since I love to cook. Since you love to cook, I seen some of your IG photos out there, but you're cooking, man. You, you are best friends with an air fryer, man. I, you gave me some ideas on some things. I like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, now I know you met a lot of celebrities, but <clears throat> is there some celebrity that you wish you had met or would like to meet one day? I, I would have loved to have met Michael Jackson. I would. Mm-hmm. I love to have met Whitney Houston. I would love to have met Prince. Yeah, I would love to have met them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would really would like to meet uh, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, what's something that you wish that you have done? You've done so much stuff. Is there something that you wish you would have done? Uh, I, I wish I would have been more successful before I lost my grandmother. You know, what I'm saying I wanted to do so much for her for so much that she had done for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my achievements when I do get or uh, receive an award or, or, or you know, make it somewhere in life that's, you know, to a good point in life. I just wish she was there to see it, you know, or to to share with me in it, you know, but that's that's just that's the only one I would think. Yeah. Sounds like she was a great influence on you, too. Mm-hmm. She, she was. A I wonderful woman. I, mm-hmm. She was. She was very good woman. She was very good to me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Trey. I got two oh. after you. All right, here we go. So, something that kids have today you wish you had growing up? Mm. Uh, they have, they have a right now world. Mm-hmm. They 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 live in a right now world. Man. You know, they want a movie right now. They can just order. They want food. They call Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. You know, they want You're something right. from. They want something. They get it the next day through Amazon. Mm-hmm. They they, they got. I mean. And it, it's crazy because I remember when I wanted something like, like let's say when the Hawaiian shirts came out, 
If I mm. wanted to, guess what I had to do? I had to call all my aunties to one of them find something for me to do. Right. And then I had to go cut grass <laughs> and then go to Kmart and get it. You know what I mean? If right. they had right. it. These, these <laughs> kids right now don't know, man. They got everything. They phones. They got computers in their hands. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just, they, they, this, these, they, we had a, a, a right when I can world. They have a right now world. Yeah, I call, I call that the microwave society because the microwave exactly. gets hot quick with the oven is how we grew up, you know. Kids, hey, yeah. kids today don't know the pain of layaway, man. They don't man. know what that is, man. Or oh, that blue light special at Kmart. You know? They don't know nothing about it. They don't know nothing about hard work, dedication. A lot of them don't. They don't yeah. know. You don't want to pay they them dues They don't understand. Either. They just think that we just got to, they just think money. You know, like our parents used to say, oh, you must think money grow on trees. These kids really think, they, they think we microwaving it. It's popping mm-hmm. like popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't They don't understand the struggle of, especially a black man. I don't know what we go through in the workplace to get you them shoes. Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might have had to endure a racist joke last week and act like it wasn't nothing. And you got your Jordans on and you leading in them and tearing them up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let me, let me flip the same question around. Something that kids need today that you had growing up. How about that? Ass whoopers. Man. <laughs> with the onomatopoeia on it. Mm. Right. I'm right. talking about with emphasis. Yes. They need with- they need they need to be chest tied. They I mean we're here today because our parents whooped our butts. They they beat common sense into us. Why? Uh, These kids have no common sense. Hey, Quake, do you remember when they, the parents say, go get the switch, and then you get the small one, and they, they, they go get the tree? Oh, yeah, man, no, my grandmama used to braid the switch. So, you, know, you, can, you can bring all the, if you bring in too many little ones, it'll be braided. It'll be worth it. Yeah, so you do yourself a favor, bring a big one from the jump, huh? I mean, we got women. I got women with wet dish rag, extension card. People call hey. that abuse, but I'm living. Hey, you right. know? You know that's I, right. I, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, that's abuse! No, that wasn't abuse. They were, that, I deserved it. I stole right. $20. Yeah, you that was love. Saying? That was love right there. Man, these kids take your credit card and come on with a PS5. And we'll call Child Protective Service if you hit them. Right. And if you touch them, you go to jail. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Crap is exactly. Man. Uh, my last question is this uh, since you're in the trucking game, uh, a lot of people we talk to are interested in that now. How much money can a first-year trucker make out the gate? As according to what company you go to, I chose this company because it was one of the highest paid. So I should range between seventy and seventy to eighty thousand dollars this year. And that's oh. and that's and I just had my license just a year. Dang. July will be just one year. And you got to mm. stay on the road a long time to do that. I I I stay on the road at least three to four weeks, and then I go home for about four or five days. Ooh, wow. Your wife like that? Because that's that seems like that's rough. Yeah, of course she like it. I'm gone. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing about that, they don't care. I mean, as, long as, they, as long as the money coming in, they don't really care. Too many wives. Oh, you know that you know she you know, loves you. And, and we've been married longer. You know, we've been married long enough to, you know, it's not a it's not somebody if you if your wife is needy, see I didn't marry a needy woman. Mm. You know what I mean? But if your wife is needy. You the trucking ain't gonna work for you unless you do a local driver or something. Because yeah. you know one thing, you can't. You know this is thing about, about women. If you at home too much doing nothing, you're a bum on the couch. They need space. 
Right. If you go too much and working too much, you don't have enough time for them. So you have to buy. You have to find someone that's just right for you. Exactly. For y'all, we we may need to have him on the show when the relationship coach is on again. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, because I mean, that's facts, right? Yeah. You yeah. always busy. Facts. You don't have time for her. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if you got too much time for her, she needs space. Yeah. Go find something to do. <laughs> well, you can't never satisfy a woman for real. You just got to find one that you can work with. Okay, now, now, I, gotta, yeah. now I know Ward had thrown the disclaimer in there on behalf of the What's Up With Ward show. He must <laughs> let you know that the thoughts expressed by Markel Quake Canada are not necessarily the thoughts of the Wardy Ward show. Now back to you, Quake. <laughs> Quake, t- Quake, tell me this, man. How do you how do you back them big trucks up in, that, in them spaces? Isn't it like opposite turning right is really left and left is yes. right? Yes, I, you have exactly. Some, and that you have was some my, doing that. And that was my hardest part of the training, the backing. I had to actually stay out on the road with a trainer an extra week because I was afraid of the back. Yeah. You know, the backing, I mean, you you're literally backing a house up. Right. You know, I mean, mm. every I mean, I've been driving a year and every time I walk up to the truck, I say, "Man, I'm driving this big massive machine." Mm-hmm. You know, mm. so yeah, backing is, but once you get it, it becomes like second nature, just like with the forklifts, Trey. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the forklifts all of a sudden it almost came like an extension of your body. It was yep, just like that's true. You would that's do true. you would do things without you would do it without even thinking about it. Exactly. So repetition makes you better at it. That's true. So that's very and, true. And, and, and I literally, I, I, at the terminal that I trained at is a truck stop next to it. So just last week. I pulled into that truck stop and went back in. They were having a training class right there, right behind the truck stop. So since it was one of their trucks, they were standing there with the kid like, okay, he turned on his blinkers. You know, I was doing everything right. I did the 90 and bagged in, and I looked in the mirror, and I saw one of the main guys standing there with other with the three or four trainers watching me. They didn't know it was me. Mm. You know, wow. and I jumped out the truck like, "Why y'all looking? Y'all so nosy." He was like, "Markel, that was you." You know, what I mean? like <laughs> the guy who said it next week, right? I mean, it was it, that, that's backing is hard, but you know what? The trucks are automatic, Ward. Yeah, a lot of people. You know what I mean? They're, 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 it's not like you got to shift the gears and hold the clutch and you know all that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, my truck, my I, I drive a Pete. They call that the Cadillac of trucks. I feel like I'm driving a Suburban down the road. Yeah. That's how comfortable it is. Mm. Man, that's so, fascinating. Yeah, so it's, it's nothing. It, that, that backing, it, that that is almost the hardest part because it makes you feel dyslexic. You know, left to go this way, right? You right. know, it's like... Mm-hmm. But once you do it so much, it, it almost becomes second nature. You know there what I mean? I did it in become... one shot. Boom. Keep it moving. That's it. All right. Well, I guess we're at the end of that show. Uh, it's time now. We're going to jump on to our conclusion and uh, let Trey give us some words of wisdom from Trey. What you got uh, for us, bro? All right. In conclusion, here's a nice thought from Albert Einstein. He once said that life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. So today we learned a few things on the road to health and wellness. It's a winding road with a lot of twists and turns. And be careful. Some people will join you for a reason. Other will join you for a season. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons out there where people will, will make decisions and change on you on a drop of a dime, as we learned today. But at the end of the day, it's all about keeping your balance. There's a lot of varying options out there to wellness. But with all things, maintaining balance will increase your chances of success. That's what I got, Morty. 
back to you. Uh, you know what? Uh, again, we want to thank our esteemed guests, Mr. Markel Quick Canada. Again, can you tell the listeners where they can find you at again? You can find me on Facebook at Markel Stuntacular Canada, just like the country. And you can also find me on Instagram under Stuntacular. All right. Well, we look forward to following up with you again. In a, in a little while, see how things are going on. And uh, again, on behalf of the What's Up Show with Ward podcast, my name is Wardy Ward. He's Trey. And we thank our guest, Mr. Markel Quake Canada. Say it for me again. Quake. Say your full name. Markel Quake Canada. Stuntacular Canada. All right. Name, Quake. All right. Okay, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Peace.